Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 18 of Oral Presentations. Platypus. What happened here? <laughs> now, I decided, I, you could probably hear in my tone, I sound a little bit different than normal now. Okay, so I picked this topic early in the week, like Tuesday. And when I picked the topic, it was platypus. What happened here? <laughs> right? Which it still is. It's just still still the same thing. And I did a. I, I started looking into it. I went to the public library. I got books on this because I was like, "There's a lot of platypus shit already out there. Let's go primary source. Let's go books. Let's go actual written. Like, how deep can we get, dude? I got so I, I was so excited to look into the platypus that like I picked it on Tuesday, and then the rest of Tuesday I was like nervous about looking into it starting Wednesday because I didn't want to be let down with how cool the platypus was that's tuesday night like i remember being like i don't even want to look into it i bet it's so cool but like what if it's not like i was so in like i was so into the idea of the episode platypus what happened here right okay so then on friday i don't know what you guys did but on friday i had i had a stand-up comedy gig and uh and i was closing it it's i was just like okay i didn't really look into it and um so i drive out there and i was feeling all right and look i'm i'm lucky to get any sort of stand-up comedy gigs at all i'm really happy to be and like a lot of people that do stand-up never end up closing a show anywhere they never they never like it's i'm a, it's a privileged position to be in and i completely understand that Right, so I had done a lot of platypus research, <laughs> taken a lot of platypus notes, felt really good, and I'm still like, oh, dude, this is great, and we'll get into all that. That'll be great. I do really like the platypus. I got some platypus facts for you. I think it'll still be a good episode, right? But here's the thing, dude. I went to do this gig on Friday, and I show, and I'm driving alone, right? All right, so I'm driving alone into the middle of South Jersey, and there's like people who listen to this who don't live in America or South Jersey. They don't really know what's going. So like. A, a, uh, an area in your country or wherever you live at that if you drive far enough out like you like you know that these people are here does that make sense or if you've ever been to like utica new york like it's a fine town but there's like an air to it of like oh wow everybody's gonna die here huh <laughs> like there's a little bit of that but it's still great people fun times having a good time but it's like this is a level of the sims that if you played it you might shut the game off Afterwards, and you're like, ah, I should do something else for a second. I don't know. That level was a little weird, right? So I drive out. I'm, I'm a, and I don't know anybody on this show. I should have brought somebody with me. Looking back, that would have been the move is to like text Charles or Six or somebody to come with me. So I go to this gig, and it's a bar, and it looks like the bar. I, I don't know the bar from Deer Hunter. If you've seen that movie, that's a that's a deep film reference, but it's an old De Niro walking pick from the '70s, Deer Hunter, where like it's a bar. That just is like a culture to, in and of itself. It's completely isolated. Like, th if this bar was a person, it wouldn't give a fuck what you thought about it. But I, I really like those kind of places, right? But I don't drink anymore. So I go in there. I'm like, oh, this place is kind of cool. But then I look around. And, like, there's pool tables and stuff. And so the show is in one room. And it's built for – it's like a band venue. And the other room is, like, all the locals and stuff. And that's great, too. And the locals area looks like it's, like, a, a bar from, like, Longshoremen, Alaska. Like, this whole place is cool. But it, again, it still feels like a level of the Sims that I'm I'm up in the air on. So like the room, the it gets close to showtime, 
And like, I like everybody on the show. I like the, the booker and stuff that put me there. And, uh, and so I'm sitting, there's no green room. I'm sitting in the back on a high top table and there's like very little audience. Like we'll get to that in a second, but like, so I'm sitting in the back of the high top table and all these other comics are going up and like locals are coming in and out. And then this one local woman comes in and like, doesn't, doesn't look at me or anything. And it's a small high top table I'm sitting at. And she, I have nothing on the table in front of me. She walks up to me, doesn't even look at me. And puts like a an entire sh- uh, a sheet cake that says "Happy 50th Birthday" on the high top. It takes up the whole table in front of me. It says "Happy 50th Birthday," and it's a sheet cake from Zally's. Like if and if you don't live in fucking South Jersey, all right. So there's a grocery store chain that's fine named Shoprite, and they have a bakery department named Zally's. <laughs> and like, dude. It's a fine bakery, but I don't know why, but sitting there and there's like very little audience. It's a dive bar. I came here alone and this woman who fucking doesn't give a fuck about anything puts this huge sheet cake down in front of me. It's somebody's 50th birthday and they have a cake from Zally's and they're at this bar and I'm performing at this bar. I don't, I don't know why, but man. Like it, I never got this when I was younger, but like, for, I don't, you can't even describe what it did to you, <laughs> but like I took a sharp inhale, like a man who got stabbed, like, <gasps> like for a second was completely present with what was happening. <laughs> I was like, oh my fucking God, like somebody's turning 50 at this, this place. They're probably never going to leave here. I'm here tonight, and then the other poster that was up, like, it was the comedy show poster, and the one next month is, like, a mountain cover band, and, like, I'm playing the mountain cover band role tonight in this, in this weird Sims level, where now this, le- <laughs> it's just a sheet cake in front of me, I'm like, what the fuck, alright, so I get called up to go, but I'm still, like, I feel weird, like, I did that sharp inhale, like, I got stabbed, but I was still like, alright, we're, I, I'm still excited to do stand-up. So they call my name and I get up there and this, the crowd looks like, again, this is a pretty big room, a music venue. And so I'm in front of like a drum kit that has dust on it. Nobody's played it. And I'm looking out at this audience and it looks like a bald man's head. So I'm looking out and if you, like a bald guy who doesn't shave the sides or back of his head. So I'm looking out in this audience and there's fucking nothing in the middle. There's a good 20 feet in front of me where there's not a human soul, (laughs) like 20 feet in front of me. And like, I don't know, maybe 20 feet across, like maybe a cube of 20 by 20 with not, not one per, no teeth are in that square of the universe. (laughs) No human teeth are in there. And then on the sides of the walls are people that probably didn't even know this was going on. And I mean, and every, every comic did their best before me and stuff, but like, there's a lot of crossed arms at this point. Dude, I got up and I like it went okay. It went fine. Like if anybody, if anybody who was at that show is listening to this, like the like the Booker's other comics, it was a fine. It was fine. It was a fine set. It, it, it's fine. It's okay. But like, like I did the things I I know and like talk to him and stuff. And like at one point in time, like one of the locals was in the back and he just started popping balloons. But like I did, I've done industrial work for like a handful of years, so like loud noises don't really get me. So I didn't jump or anything. <laughs> I was just like, all right, and just kept going. 
Oh my god, dude! It's it's gonna stick with me. Somebody had their fiftieth birthday party. Uh, it's a thing, and all right, so I had to do I had to do a closing set so it was longer. And so in, in the middle of my set, and it's going all right. I'm talking to people and uh, trying to make them feel like this is like a comedy, like if they came to see a show. Okay, dude, I see the the, the high top table I was sitting at. Oh, I see the Zally sheet cake start to migrate into the other room because it's time to sing happy birthday during my set. <laughs> and good. Good. Yes, dude. Yes, sing happy birthday. This is I'm the mountain cover band. Fuck me, dude. I don't think this does I should I'm the one that's at I, this is not a Sims level I thought I was going to be at. I'm just, if you walked in, it, that's what it probably looked like. If The Sims had, like, a dive bar with stand-up comedy. I was thinking that as I was telling jokes to these people, which is probably not a good thing to be thinking while you're doing stand-up, unless you're talking directly about it while you're thinking it. Oh, my God. So the, the Zally sheet cake f- fucking floats over in some lady's arms to the other room, and they start singing Happy Birthday about as loud as I've ever heard it. I, I just stopped telling jokes. I just stopped... I, I didn't sing. I thought, like, man, maybe sing along, get the crowd into it. I was like, dude, do not sing along with this shit. Just sit in this, dude. <laughs> Just listen to somebody get happy birthday sung to them. <laughs> While you're up here. Oh, there was a white Lamborghini parked out front. That made no sense. That made no... I walked in, I was like, what the fuck? And, and, and then I was, I, was, <laughs> I was sitting there in my set, and I remember thinking, like... Honestly, that guy with the white Lamborghini, there's no way he doesn't have life more figured out than me. A hundred percent. Like, I was judgy when I walked past it. And I was like, who the fuck needs a white Lamborghini in nowhere South Jersey? And then I was up there listening to the other room, screamed happy birthday joyfully at somebody they love. (laughs) And I was up there talking about laying down in front of a space heater to relax. Oh, boy. So this is episode 18, Platypus, What Happened Here? But it was supposed to be like, Platypus, what happened here? But I was going to record on Saturday, but I woke up after that gig on Saturday and I still had this on me. And it's Sunday now and I still have it on me. So it's like, I just text Michelle and I was like, dude, I got to come record, but I got to tell you, I can't shake off that fucking Zally's birthday cake. <laughs> I still, I still see that birthday cake of like, oh my god. So, we're going to do the episode, Platypus. Oral presentations, episode 18, Platypus, what happened here? <laughs> it's so fucking fun. Dude, the drive home, oh my god. It was like, here's the thing, like this is really sad, but it's also, I think it might be really funny too. I think it's really funny. I do think it's really funny, that's why I'm talking about it. Because I couldn't square... I was at my place thinking, like, dude, you got to record an episode today, and you can't shake that fucking Zally's birthday cake out of here. Like, when I close my eyes, I see the Zally's logo. <laughs> I, th- I just think it's the most funny thing, just to be honest about, like, look, I, I really wanted to be upbeat with, like, platypus, what happened here? But, dude, the way it shook out, you don't know, dude, sometimes life just comes at you, dude. I got trucked on Friday by a gig, and so it's platypus, what happened here? <laughs> That's what, that's what the episode is going to sound like. Whew! Had to get that off my chest, dude. It's like D.B. Cooper. When I came in, I had a bunch of plans for the D.B. Cooper episode, and then something happened, and I just had to I had to roll with it. Like, I couldn't... I can't, 
I can't lie to you guys, dude. I can't be on here being like, and here's a platypus. Do you know on land it walks on its knuckles? In the back of my head, I'd be like, do you remember stopping and buying nine rolls of Mentos driving home because you were sad? <laughs> like, dude, that's way more interesting than any sort of platypus fact I can have. Is that like, well, I don't drink anymore. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I just, dude, I stopped at 7-Eleven. It was sweet treat time, dude. I fucking... I- <laughs> I was like, give me, how many different flavors of Tic Tacs you got? I got like nerds, I got <laughs> I got nerds rope because people like the analogy of nerds rope from the last arc welding thing. And I was like, I haven't had a nerds rope in a while. And, and people like when I describe welding like that. Give me a nerds rope, dude. I had a fucking, I did a gig where people sung happy birthday in the middle of my set loud as fuck. And then bought a nerds rope afterwards. Oh. Like, look, platypus facts are going to be really interesting, and I'm glad I'm going to share them with you guys. But, like, man. (sighs) Platypus. What happened here? Holy fuck. All right. So let's get into the actual episode. If you don't know what a platypus is, I am happy to be able to tell you what a platypus is. It is a platypus is the gold medal weird bitch of the animal kingdom. I really like Platypus, just on its face, and I picked this episode because I wanted to learn more about him. This also ties in with episode 9, Marsupials, what's going on with that pouch? Because technically, Platypuses come off of, because they hang out in Australia, if you didn't know. I didn't know where, where most Platypus decide to chill. Turns out, Australia, for the same reasons covered in episode 9, which is the mo- uh, the monotrims shot off of the marsupials, so the reason that Australia has so many weird marsupial animals and mammals in general is because the A number one mammals, placental mammals, which are us and uh, giraffes and rhinos. I didn't mean to name us first, but honestly, if you're going to put them first, I mean, we covered this in episode nine. Humans definitely number one fucking placental mammal out there, dude. There's not one other placental mammal who has ever invented a keyboard. So until I see an octopus with a fucking laptop, I'm still going to rank humans number one on placental mammals. I'm sorry. Right? But the reason that marsupials got to be such weird idiots over in Australia is because they didn't have any placental mammals when Pangaea broke apart. And then Australia started drifting away. And then as Australia migrated towards the equator over thousands of years, millions of years, different different levels of weird bitch evolution got to pile on each other and that's how we ended up with like the kangaroo or if you heard in episode nine at one point in time there's a thing called a diprotodon which was a fucking marsupial bear the size of a douge durango and they were just falling through holes and that's how we have a fossil record of them which is great australia wealth of cool weird shit so yeah we're going back to australia here's the platypus uh, comes from Australia, and it evolves strangely because of the isolation. Oh, also, I forgot to mention this in Episode 9, but it's an example I have of isolation causing cool, weird shit. Like, there's an argument to be made that, like, that's why the Japanese have samurai, because the Japanese, as a people, were so isolated. They're an island forever. So they just got to develop their own culture, and it, it spun off into weird, really cool stuff like the samurai. That's why it's, it's, you just leave leave things alone long enough and let them keep developing They'll turn into something that isn't anywhere else. And that's that's where the platypus, same type of thing. So the platypus is technically a monotrim, uh, which if you go back to episode 9, so mammals break down into egg-laying mammals, placental mammals, and marsupials. Now, humans are placental, 
uh, kangaroo marsupials. We already covered those. Uh, the platypus falls under monotrims. And almost all monotrims are extinct. There's only five monotrims still alive and kicking. One of them's a platypus, and the other four are types of echidna. Now, I would like to mention here, shout out Echidna, didn't know what that was. If you guys have ever played Sonic the Hedgehog, that red thing named Knuckles, who is, I'm going to call him the coolest one out of all those characters. He's kind of a late addition, I think, with Sonic 3. Knuckles is the coolest character in Sonic. He is technically an Echidna. I found that out. So, I didn't know Echidnas had such a mascot amongst their, their Echidna people. Knuckles, that's a great mascot, dude. Anyway, so that's a fun fact he got for you. Oh, I would also like to say that I'm doing, I picked this topic, like platypus facts, because it's kind of frivolous, but it's also, we're getting into political season here. Like, there's going to be a political election coming up, and there's more and more of that shit getting disseminated out there. So, the real reason, I, one of the reasons I picked this on Tuesday was that, like, I wanted to be able to say a bunch of facts about a weird topic that if you get caught in a political conversation, which I despise, anybody who I know who's going to have a political conversation to my face... I just automatically assume that, like, dude, you don't really – how do you know what's actually going on? I really don't like being trapped in those. So my plan was, all right, let's do platypus. What happened here? It's a follow-up to episode nine. A lot of fun facts. And also, if anybody who listens to this gets caught in a political conversation or me, I'm definitely going to use this if this happens to me. You can go over the top with, like – and my actual plan here was, okay, so if you're trapped in a political conversation, you can try to, like, sidebar it out by talking about – like the environment, environmental issues, and that'll segue in into Australia. And by then, you already got the conversation to episode nine. And then you can drop it down to heavy platypus facts. Just take a political conversation about some sort of bullshit that whoever's talking about it, you don't even know if they know about it or not or whatever. But either way, they have all the information here. So they're more or less giving you a lecture and it's boring. Make them talk about the environment. Talk about Australian fires. Then knock it on down to platypus facts, and this is where it comes in here, because then you've totally flipped the board where that person knew about political shit. You got them, dude. You got them in platypus city, and you're the mayor. You are the mayor of platypus facts city, and this guy didn't even know he took a monorail into your town. He thought he was in political land. Nope. Anyway, so I forgot to say that out top. I was too busy fucking bitching about a Sally sheet cake. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm so happy I lived that night, though. All in all. Friday, that's an excellent memory to have moving forward, but whew, it's still with me. It's still with me. Whew, it just it just crept up with me again. It just totally derailed where I was at. I forgot where I, I thought of that, that Zally's logo again. It flashed in, dude. Whoa. Okay, so the platypus. Strange evolution. One of the last monotrims alive. There's only five of them, five different types of echidna, and the platypus. So the platypus is, in my opinion, the coolest living monotrim alive. Now, if you don't know what a platypus looks like, it is, uh, it's about like a foot long. They can vary in weight. Uh, they can go from like two pounds to as big as like six pounds. They have a big fat beaver tail on the back. They got a duck bill on the front of them. They got four webbed feet. And I mentioned this earlier when I was making fun of it, but when they're on land, so it's like a little scurry creature. They live around like rivers and stuff. They usually only come out at night. They're nocturnal for the most part. So they, when they scurry, like they're great at swimming, but when they're on land, dude, they're doing knuckle push-ups all day. Their front feet, they make little little platypus fists, and they're just bulldogging it across. It's the cutest thing. I'll try to find a clip and post that on the Instagram, dude. A platypus bulldogging on knuckle push-ups looking like he's going somewhere. Oh, it'll heal your heart if you had a 
if you had a bad Friday, just watch that for a, for a couple. That'll that'll help you out. It's adorable to watch, and they're all kind of chubby. These are great. Dude, these animals are so cool. If you're in Australia, you already know all this shit. But Australia, I believe it's on the five cent piece or the twenty cent piece. Hold on, I don't want really to get this wrong. It's in the notes. Plat- like platypuses are so cool. They're on Australian money. Oh my god. I don't want to say five cent or twenty cent piece. I want to be able to get it right. Da, 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 da. I'm gonna pick five cent piece. I don't really know which one it is. I can't find it in the notes, and I have a pressure. Oh, oh, there we go. Platypus on the Australian twenty cent coin. So the platypus is like George Washington cool, because that's that's close to a quarter. That's cl- that's like an Australian quarter. I imagine they they have five. You have a bigger coin than that. You got five of those, right? You don't have like a forty five cent piece. So Australian quarters got the platypus. They know how cool this fucking thing is. So when was it discovered? Okay, 1799. It was actually it was discovered. So Australia was colonized. I mean, we covered this uh, in episode nine. Um, James Cook found Lizard Island, which is up on uh, the if, again. If you're looking at Australia like a clock face, right around 2:30, James Cook slammed into a place called Lizard Island, which is around the Great Barrier Reef. He was like, what the fuck is this? And now that wasn't the first Europeans there. There was like a shipping company that accidentally twisted metal crashed into the other side of the island. But they all ate each other and killed each other. So they didn't colonize. It doesn't count. So James Cook found it. So when they first find the platypus, they they send it back to Europe. And people don't believe this is a real animal. People just think like it's too fucking wild. This isn't a real animal. Because, and here's the thing, they thought that because apparently Chinese and Japanese traders would sew together like a monkey head on a fish body and send it back. Like apparently they were really, really good at that, like false taxidermy and sending it back and trying to make a bunch of money on it. So they sent it back and people don't know what to call it. They're like, what the fuck? What is this? This thing can't be real. And they send like a couple more over to them. They're like, all right, I guess like they look at it and they can't find the stitching. But it's so obscure that people are like, this is bullshit. This can't be a real animal. Again, we have a duck bill. You got you got flippers on either side. It's like fat and pudgy with a beaver tail. And nobody really understands. And it, they can't send back live ones. So they're just sending back these like dead carcasses. It looks like fake shit. People in Europe don't believe these are real animals. All right, so plat- real quick. Like, let's talk about platypus and how they function in life. How they get through it. You know, what happened here? <laughs> So platypus, the one really cool thing that I did find out about platypus, uh, a lot of cool things, but one of them is that that bill, like, and I was happy we did electricity because platypuses hunt using electrolocation. Now that bill on the front of a platypus face, it has, okay, let's get a little technical here because I really love this part. It has electroreceptors in rotoscroldral rows. Now, I said that wrong, but I looked up what that meant because that's one of those terms that, like, if I was watching a nature documentary and then they said rotoscroldral rows, I wouldn't even hear that. I would just overlook that and assume that I'm lost on that. So I went and found out what that meant on purpose. All that means is up and down. All that means is, like, if you guillotined a platypus in half, like, up to down, that's a morbid example. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you cut If you cut a platypus up down, Tail to, tail to snout. That's the way that these electric sensors run on the bill. I, I drew a picture of it, and I'll post it. I thought I think I actually drew a pretty good platypus here. I'm not going to brag too much. All right, so they have electric sensors in the 
in their bill that run up and down. But in the same bill, they also have mechanical receptors that detect pressure change and touch. Now, using these two things, dude, platypuses, they're going to find you. Dude, no shrimp. And also, they eat like they're carnivores. They eat like small shrimps, worms. Uh, Their favorite food is called a common yabby which is almost impossible to not say in an Australian accent. Like, oh, platypus and the common yabby. The common yabby. It's like when I said, like, this whole thing is so Australian. I love the whole thing. So platypus will use electric sensors. They'll shoot them out like radar. And whatever pings back, because their eyes are not great. I'm not going to shit on them too much here. But platypus eyes, nothing to write home about. And they don't even use them when they're underwater. So when platypuses hunt, they close their almost useless eyes and then they dig down and they dive down and instead of just having like they do this thing they wag their head back and forth so violently and what they're doing there is using the electric sensors in their beak to be able to send out electric detection sensors in all different directions and then it's pinging back but when you watch it it is adorable and hilarious one is just cute on its face when you see it because it looks like it's wagging its head like, no, 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 no. But then if you think like, let's say you had a bad gig on a Friday night and then you watch it, it looks like that platypus is frustrated with its life and is d- diving down to go get a common yabby and like screaming the whole time, wagging its head like, what am I doing? <laughs> like a murderer. It is also hammerhead sharks hunt like this. Platypus are so cool. They hunt like hammerhead sharks. Honestly, the more I looked into this, the more I was like, how is there not a platypus Avenger yet? How is there not a superhero of platypi? I feel like Marvel, I don't really watch those movies. They're made for little kids and I don't have any kids. So honestly, if I go to a movie theater alone to go see a superhero movie, like I would be like, what the fuck's that guy doing here? So I don't, I don't, I don't go see him and I'm not going to watch him at home when I'm watching an action movie. I can't be watching action movies at this point, especially about superheroes. But what I'm saying is that the platypus... Has so just that, just that, is cool enough. And the idea that it looks it looks rad. It lays eggs. It's a strange mammal. It sees you with electricity, and that's how it hunts. And it hunts by wagging its head like a mad. It, it looks like a maniac when it's hunting. Just that alone, that could be an awesome Avenger. Also, it's Australian. You could have an Australian Avenger. I mean, the only comic relief you really have that I understand is Tony Stark, and I think that guy died in the last one. Sorry if you're like a. I'm not sorry. If that spoiled the end of the last Avengers movie, if this podcast spoiled the last, th- that Avengers, I'm sorry. Just That's just tough luck. I mean, you, you probably didn't think there was going to be an Avengers spoiler on this one, but I'm pretty sure Tony Stark dies in the last one. Again, I didn't see it. I just heard people complaining about it. He was the only funny Avenger, I think, right? I don't care who you cast. The platypus is waiting out here. And as we'll get to, I'll even give you the backstory of how this platypus Avenger comes to, to fruition. Because here's the thing, platypus are venomous. It's not just that they looked weird, and that's why Europeans didn't believe that this was a real animal. Like, yeah, it's a duck bill, it's got... It, we think, like, a Chinese dude stitched this together and is trying to fuck with us. That comes back, dude, these are poisonous animals. A real tip here, if, if anybody listens to this and you ever have to encounter a wild platypus, yo, careful. Because I learned that you have to pick them up. If you're gonna fuck, If you're going to fight a platypus, first off... Watch out. They're quicker than you think. They're on their knuckles. That's intimidating just to be in with. They're like a Diaz brother. They're mean the whole time. They look so mean running at you, even though they're, they're cute looking. 
a little bit fat they're on their knuckles like i'm gonna fuck you up watch out you got to grab them by the tail because if you grab them by the tail then they can't get you because you don't know if it's a male or female only male platypus have the venomous they all have a spur on the back foot but the male especially during mating season they have like their poison glands make more venom because they're using them to fight for other chicks dude platypus is a warrior culture when it's time to go find a babe they have they have poison knives on their back foot and they're just stabbing each other all day they're already so mad underwater when they hunt wagging their heads back and forth they're fucking stabbing each other with poison it's a warrior culture of platypus so careful if you fight them the venom isn't strong enough to kill a human I, cause I, I, here's the thing. When I found out that they had venom, I was like, can I please find some Hall of Fame platypus here? I was looking for, like, the Hall of Fame, what platypus has killed the most humans. I wanted to see, is there, like, a Jack the Ripper platypus that's out there? Does it, is somebody stacking bodies? Is there a platypus st- stacking human bodies? Is there somebody who's killed, like, is there a BTK killer of platypus? Also, I would like to hit on, I did go to the public library for this, and... While I was doing that, I knew I was going there for books about platypus, and then I also know that the BTK killer, Dennis Rader, like, used the public library to send out letters, and there was a real part of me that was like, dude, thank God this is for, like, a podcast that, like, it turns out people are actually listening to somehow, because, man, going to a public library for platypus books alone is tough. That is, and then there's just a librarian, and I'm just like, hello, I'm a 33-year-old man, I'd like these... You only had two books on platypus, but I'll tell you what, I'll take them both. I'm making, like, banter about platypus books. I was like, dude, this is serial killer shit. If this wasn't for, like, a reason, thank God. <laughs> thank God that you are going to make a podcast about this. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed I got platypus books. I'm just saying I'm glad there was a purpose behind it. So all platypus are poisonous. Careful. They can't kill you. They've never had a human kill, but apparently they will fuck up your dog. Apparently in Australia, it's a problem where every now and then somebody's dog will get killed by a platypus, which is like, how do you even be sad about that? That's such a funny sentence. It's like if I, had, if I, was, a, if I was a boy and I had another friend who we rode bikes around and his, his dog got killed by a platypus and we, we both speak Australian language to each other. <laughs> like, oh, dog got killed by a platypus? <laughs> like, I can't even do an Australian accent, but like... It must it must be a secret burden that Australians carry that they live in a land where everything sounds so funny. But when tragic things happen, it still makes you guys sad. But I can't I can't ever imagine myself being like having the serious sentence come out of like my 11 year old mouth to a friend of like, man, I'm really sorry that your dog got killed by a platypus, huh? I'm, it's probably very sad, but yeah, if you got a dog in Australia, watch out because platypus are out there. They're throwing kickflips at your pooch, and they'll put them down. So they are they are venomous, and it, it definitely during mating season. That's when the venom is really up and kicking because they're fighting over the over the cutest babes, the ones with the best personality, maybe the ones that make them laugh if they want a relationship. I don't know. Every platypus to his own, you know. Oh, I would like to add this on electrolocation. All right, so. This is a cool thing I learned, and this is a little bit of neuroscience. You didn't think we were going to go here. What's up? Any neurologists listening? What are you doing listening to this if you're a neurologist? Stop listening to this, dude. You got to be smart. Stop doing this. You got to learn real things. But we're going to hit on neurology real quick. So the reason that they know that platypus hunt with electricity and also it combines with their feeler sensors on their bill 
is because they've they've mapped, they've cut open dead platypus, and they've looked at where the nerves map into the brain. And so the same way that there's a thing called the homunculus map for humans. And apparently neuroscience has done a thing and made a thing called the homunculus map, which is they map which what parts of your body ping stronger senses to your brain. And so like, for example, so, okay, the homunculus map, so a human brain, it looks like a bike helmet that they cut in half, right? So we're looking at half this bike helmet. So for the homunculus map for a human brain, like your foot doesn't really ping your brain that much. So it's on like the inside part of the bike helmet and on the map of the homunculus map, the foot is kind of small because it doesn't really talk to your brain that much. not that important. But on the outside of that bike helmet brain that we cut in half called the homunculus map, there's like a big hand. And that's be- and the hand is represented really big, and it's on the outside because that talks to your brain way more. Like your hand pings off your brain way more, and it's not like a spatial thing. It's not like your brain has more brain space for hand talking. It's like the 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 way your brain is like woven together at that point when your hand touches stuff is much more dense, and so that's why neuroscientists are like, oh. Like your hand talks to your brain more because that's the part of the brain that goes off when like a ton of it goes off. And also it's a very dense part of your brain. We can tell that, oh, the, according to the homunculus map, the human hand, it resonates stronger than the foot. And so that's how they also found out that platypus – and I don't know how they hook platypus up to do this shit – I mean, there's a point at research where, like, I can't go and ask – first of all, I don't even know where to find a platypus scientist. How do you even find a guy who's doing platypus science, let alone platypus brain science, platypus brain science having to do with the electrical snout, platypus brain science having to do with the electrical snout in regards to the hum- human homunculus map? Like, there's only so – look, I got less than a week to make these things. I can't – I can't – and I can't afford a plane ticket to Australia to be like, anybody want to talk to me about platypus brains? So I don't know how they figured it out, but they figured it out with the same way where the nerves that shoot off in a platypus's head are way stronger when it comes from the electrical sensors and the touch sensors on their beak. And it's both of them working in conjunction. And that's why even though the platypus eyes are kind of shitty – Again, not saying anything bad about you. It's just how it worked out, Platypus. Sorry about that. They mostly see with their electric sensors and their touch sensors. And it's the same way that uh, scientists, neuroscientists, have mapped the homunculus map for the human brain. I was really interested when I learned that. I didn't know anything about how – I didn't know the homunculus map. I didn't even know that you could map a platypus brain like that. Again, I'm really curious how they do platypus brain science. Are they alive? Are you hooking up? You have a live platypus? You're using dead platypus? Any, anybody listening who's a platypus scientist, let me know. Because there was a point in this research, again, got got uh, fell into a pit of despair on Friday. So kind of <laughs> lost the ability to go and look into platypus brain science. But if you got tips on it, let me know. Because I don't know how they figured that out. But that was really interesting to me. And then using that evidence, they were like, oh, mostly platypus see using electricity, which is, oh, I forgot to mention this. That's so nasty because nobody can hide from platypus because they're not using eyes. You can't hide behind like some muck in an Australian river if you're a common yabby because, dude, the platypus isn't even looking for what you look like. It's seeing the electricity that your body's making like a predator. 
It's like the predator from Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's seeing in like predator vision. It's going to fucking eat you and anybody you love, I bet. He's so hungry. Also, platypus don't have teeth. Oh, my God. Dude, platypus are so nasty. They'll put you in your mouth. So if you're a common yabby and you're trying to hide behind some muck and you're like, I just want to see my kids one more day. First off, not going to hide well. That platypus is going to get you. But he doesn't kill you right away. Platypus eat food. Like, they gather food when they go down after they're done diving and shaking their head and screaming about, what happened? They scoop up a bunch of common yabbies and worms and stuff, and they don't kill them right away. So if you're a common yabby, you have like a minute where you're in a platypus mouth, and they pack it like chewing tobacco. I told, I'm telling you, I love platypus. Got a lot in common with platypus here. They pack their food like chewing tobacco in their mouth, and then when they get up to the surface, they just chomp down and they crush everything all together. How terrifying is that if you're a common yabby? Because you don't even get killed right away. This thing is ferociously shaking its head at you. It sees your essence. You can't hide. It sees your soul. You're in its mouth. And then you have a minute of like, oh, just flashing your common yabby eyes before you when you rode a bike with your friends and cul-de-sacs and common yabby wherever town you grew up. And then it crushes you up and you're fucking dead. Platypus are awesome. I don't know why there isn't an Avenger yet. They even have teeth when they're little, but when it's game time, their teeth fucking fall out. When it, when they, I believe it's three years old. Platypus mature. They live anywhere. They live like about ten years if they're not in captivity. Captivity, but you can keep them alive for twenty in captivity. So like, I've also seen the the term seventeen years thrown around, but they lose their teeth and they start mating like three years in. Speaking of mating, we're gonna hit back on that venom barb we had. Okay, so the platypus are so vicious when they want girlfriends, they'll just fucking venom kill each other. And, oh yeah, the venom is strong enough to kill other platypus. So, like, it's Romeo and Juliet when it's time to fall in love at Longwood Gardens in platypus land. They are just stabbing each other with poison knives, trying to get a babe to listen to their problems and, like, I don't know, rub their back when it hurts. (laughs) Guys, that Zally's gig put me down. I don't know if this is a good episode or not, but I'm just being as honest as I can. So when it's time for platypus to mate, they all have a ton of poison. And dude, here's, again, platypus, an animal after my heart here. Because platypus judge, like, a desirable mate for platypus. So platypus have that beaver tail, but the only function of that beaver tail is to store excess fat for, like, the winter season. So when it's mating season and the male platypus have fucking poison spears on their feet and they're looking for a babe... They judge how like how hot a babe is based upon how fat her tail is. Guys, I mean, I don't think platypus speak English well enough to be able to understand Yin Yang Twins music, but if they could, they would be big fans of the Yin Yang Twins. They are an animal after my heart. They love a lady platypus with a fat dong, you know? And who they know what they like, you know? You can't judge them for it. Everybody's different, but... I really <laughs> thought that was so funny. I was like, dude, I have. They're first of all, they're packing lips. They chew tobacco more or less. They're big fans of of, uh, of hind quarters that are larger than normal. You know, they're stabbing each other. Just, <laughs> I'm just a fan of plat. They're shaking their head underwater because they're like, where the fuck is everybody? I used to do that when my back first got bad. I used to say this on stage, like I was told to go swimming to fix it. And I realized that, like, I really like swimming as an activity because it's the only cardiovascular activity where you you can scream at yourself as loud as possible while you do it because your face is in the water. So, like, I had a hurt back and I'd be swimming, like, 
like go for a flip turn and be like and like you can't do that ever if you're running especially if you look like me dude i'm like a not a small guy with a shaved head i can't be riding a bike and be like come on but in a pool you scream all day and then i pop up and like i was with the other old people because i would go early in the morning and meet people I'd meet new old people that were taking aqua aerobics, and they had no idea. I was just fucking screaming at myself underwater. Like, oh, hey, what's up, Calf? Good to meet you. How's your, how's your niece doing? She good? All right, I'm going to swim some more laps. I'll see you. That's, where, that's why I thought it was funny when I saw the way that platypus haunt, how they shake their heads. I thought about them screaming at themselves <laughs> in, like, a funny way. That sounds insane, but a lot of this sounds super sad and insane. It's just all funny. It's just I'm just being as honest as I can, dude. Platypus love fat butts. Come on now. Come on now. Oh, one of the last surviving monotrims. They got a velociraptor foot with poison. How are they not a Marvel Avenger yet? They see with electricity. You could make them an Australian. You'd have an Australian Marvel Avenger. Tony Stark's dead. You don't have comic relief anymore. Dude, you can even make the origin story... Where like an two Australian dudes were fucking around, and then a platypus came out of like a radioactive barrel, and one of the Australian guys threw it as his, at his friend because all Australian dudes are hilarious. Just a blanket rule in my head; it's a stereotype I have. Australian guys are just fucking funny, so they would like it's possible one of them would just throw a fucking platypus at the other one. They were fucked up drinking beers by the river. That guy who gets the platypus thrown at him, he gets shanked in the neck by the toxic platypus. All of a sudden, he becomes platypus guy. Also, you can make it a female lead, but then that's a little weird that a guy threw a platypus at a girl. That's kind of a weirder origin story. It's not really as fun as, like, two dudes fucking around. I threw a radioactive platypus at you. This whole episode might be complete dog shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Guys, and I'm, all my funniest friends will probably hear this. And so I turn I turn 34 on December 28th of, of next year, and I'm I'm almost for sure gonna get a Zally sheet cake somewhere wherever I'm at. Somebody is gonna give me a Zally sheet cake, and uh, and it will make me laugh really fucking hard. All right, the one thing I would like to say. Okay, so this is a cool. I said that um, they didn't believe that the uh, that the platypus was real when they first found it, and they sent letters back to Europe. Okay, so the story of the HMS Bounty, where like it's a, a famous literary work, where there's like a mutiny on the Bounty, and the captain loses control of the ship, and all this shit, right? So the same captain, William Bly, in 1792, went to Tasmania, and he wrote a letter back to like Europe telling him that like yo we found this thing called a platypus and he had such a hard time describing it this is what he put in the letter very odd form it had no mouth like any other animal but a kind of duck bill which opens at the extremity where it will not admit the size of a small pistol which made me laugh it made going to the public library all worth it finding that line in the book Platypus, the Extraordinary Story of How a Curious Creature Baffled the World by Anne Moyal. Because in that quote, that dude was writing a letter back to Europe and he was trying to describe an animal he found. And the best way he could come up with to describe this animal 
with him and all his sailor buddies hanging out, was like, I don't know, can we can we fit a gun in its mouth? <laughs> how do I tell this? How do I tell the king how big this thing is? Let's put a gun in this thing's mouth. Can I put a gun in this animal's mouth? <laughs> you got a small gun, and nobody thought it was weird. They did it. So like he put he tried to put a gun in a platypus's mouth in front of like his other crew, and all the other crew was looking at him like. This is a pretty good way to judge how big that animal is. Can you put that gun in that platypus's mouth? Get it? Get it? I love, <laughs> I love when we rank animals by whether or not we can fit a gun in their mouth. This is the best way. Definitely right back to the king. Can you put that whole pistol in his mouth? No? All right, make sure to write down. Couldn't fit the whole gun in its mouth. <laughs> it's like... No other units of measurement on that boat. When you found this weird fucking Loch Ness monster creature, you're like, all right, well, let's measure it somehow. Let's. They didn't. He didn't even say what size pistol. It's such a bad unit of measurement. It sounds like he was almost writing the king to brag about how cool he is about having a gun. Like the way that some people like have a gun and put it up on Instagram, where like they have a gun and they're waving it around and shit. That's what it. That's what it looks like. Captain Bly from the Bounty in 1792. It sounds like he just wrote a letter back to the king to brag that he had a gun. Because he was like, yeah, I found an animal. It's pretty cool. Anyway, I got this gun. I tried to like, you know, here's the thing about the animal. I tried to fit my really cool gun in this animal's mouth. It didn't really work. But like, my gun's still here. But like, so I put my gun in this thing's mouth and it doesn't quite fit. That's about how big it is. You all see it. Do you hear I have a gun? Like when I read that, it made the public library trip worthwhile. Because it's like, holy shit, how stupid are dudes? How fucking dumb is that? Like, you couldn't have been, like, about the size of a human hand. And nobody questioned him. That idea made it all the way into we did it, and it made it into the letter to the king. It made it into the letter to Europe. That, like, somebody had the idea of, like, can we fit a gun in that thing's mouth? And then you traveled it all the way down to, like, couldn't do it. Well, write down our scientific findings and send them to the king, dude. Can't fit a gun in this thing's mouth. I might be beating that point to death, but it really made me laugh. Oh, my God. There's been a lot of haphazard fucking, a lot of haphazard platypus facts here. They see with electricity. They got poison spurs. Ten years in the wild, up to 20 years in captivity. They have very thick fur, but I didn't think that was, like, that big of a deal. I, I did have the question, like, when I started looking into this, like, are these just fucked up beavers or fucked up otters? No, they come off a different, they come off that strange, the green cradle area in episode nine, the strange evolution that caused that and the the levels of strange evolution on top of it based upon the breaking of Pangea that we covered in marsupial episode nine, marsupials, what's going on with that pouch? Um, platypuses, just to round off with a couple facts here, platypuses are found mostly the spots in Australia where you, you assume people live all on the coast. That's where platypus hang out. So I'm in there nocturnal, and uh, they are, they're poisonous, and they're great. I love them. And again, I, I didn't, I don't know if this episode's good or not. I don't know if it's good or not. I had to tell you about that fucking gig that, dude, it's going to stay with me for, I don't know how long. I thought I was going to shake it. I woke up on Saturday. I was like, I still didn't shake it. I woke up today. I was like, I still didn't shake it. So I had to, I, this is just, this is platypus. What happened here? I am happy that there are more actual platypus in this episode because in episode nine, marsupials, what's going on in that pouch? There wasn't that many 
there wasn't that many pouch facts, to be honest with you. Somebody pointed that out, and it was like, oh, yeah, that episode became more about just Australian evolution in general and those diprotodon, you know, because I love those. Those Dodge Durango bears are great. So I wanted to at least have actual platypus facts in here. Now, now plat- oh, I would like to say platypus do live a very hard life because all platypus ladies that have kids are single moms. There's no fat, like the dude, they just fuck and they leave. So like all platypus are single moms. That's tough. You know, living a hard life out there. Also, owls eat them. I forgot to mention that. The predatory animals. Dude, owls are eating single moms. Made me think of that owl from Schoolhouse Rock. And I was like, dude, did anybody look into his background before he got fucking hired? (laughs) He's over here eating single platypus moms. It's fucked up. (laughs) They have no air defense. Platypus are very vulnerable to air attack. If anything, I would say that you should work on that. They live in burrows most of the time. And yeah, there's no family unit. They just fuck. After the dudes finish stabbing each other and then judge which ones have the fattest butts, then they, the, the fat butt ones become single moms and then they get eaten by owls. And that is the life of a platypus, guys. Platypus, what happened here? I don't know. You did a gig with a Zally sheet cake and you got eaten by an owl. Episode fucking 18 of Oral Presentations. Guys, I can't thank you enough for listening to this because when I drove home from that gig, I was so happy that like, all right, at least I get to go home and I'll do another hour of platypus research because I have something to work at. Oh my God. I can't thank you enough for listening to the podcast. I'll have one on Wednesday. I do have jury duty this week. I don't know. I, I might do a book or something. I'll figure out the way to work around it. Who gives a shit? I'll have one on Wednesday. Um, and then one on next week, hopefully in a, in a better, more upbeat mood. But I, I just want, I figured I, I just gotta be honest and tell you what the fuck's kicking around in my head. Episode 18, platypus. What happened here? (laughs) Guys, have a great week and I'll see you guys. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys again. Thank you. Bye.